All right, verse number five, the Bible says, for thou art my hope. I want you to, if you have a pencil, circle the word hope. For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. I want to preach this morning on this subject, why my hope is in the Lord. I'm going to give you three single words I want you to write down as we go through the message, and you can write those three words in the margin of your Bible here beside Psalm 71. And uh, I'll have a little bit of an introduction and then get into the message with those three words, why my hope is in the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word of God, and I pray, Lord, that you'd bless the Word of God to our hearts and to our lives. Lord, what a great need there is in our nation, in our lives, and in our homes this morning. And Lord, our hope is in you, and I pray that you would help us as we hear the message. Help me as I preach. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Turn the monitors down for me, please. They're really loud up here. Turn the monitors down. One of my favorite Bible words is the word hope. I love the word faith in the Bible. And while faith and hope have similarities, there is a vast difference in the word faith and in the word hope. Faith is in a specific promise. I know what my faith is in. For example, faith is the key to salvation. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. We understand that we're sinners in need of a Savior, and the way we receive Christ as Savior is to, by faith, receive Him. We accept His payment for our sin. That is faith. It is clear. It is understandable. It is faith in a written promise of God. However, the word hope, while it is similar, is different because it has a question of how. How is this going to happen? I believe in God, but I don't know how He is going to help me. So it is not just saying my faith is in God for salvation, but it's saying there's some areas of life I don't know how God will help me, but my hope, <clears throat> my hope is in Him. God taught the Jews to teach their children and their grandchildren about the things He had done for them so much that they would set their hope in Him. For example, He said, You tell them again and again how I parted the waters of the Red Sea so you could walk across on dry land. He said, I want you to tell them so when they face a problem, it won't be the Red Sea, and it won't be the same way that I helped you across the Red Sea, but it will be a problem that's as big as the Red Sea. And while they have faith in God, they also have hope in God because they believe God can meet the need. They just don't know how He will do it. And so again, we have that word hope and a little bit of explanation of that hope. Do you remember as a child, perhaps, when you faced a problem or a difficulty, you, you just didn't know what to do, you didn't know what the answer was, but perhaps you were close to your dad or you were close to your mom and you always felt like they'll know what to do. And you had failed and you had tried to figure it out and you couldn't figure it out and you went to them, you didn't know what the answer was, but you had a hope in them because you believed they had the answer. 
or perhaps you've been to a doctor. I remember taking a family member uh, to the doctor here in Lexington and, and uh, they had, uh, she had gone through different treatments and they said, there's nothing else we can do. And so we asked the question, is there any hope? And so we heard of a doctor in the Mayo Clinic that may have an answer. We didn't know what the answer was, but we had a hope that they had the answer. And they did, and they did a surgery that we had never heard of and allowed them to live longer. So it's not just faith, it is hope. And the psalmist says here in verse number 5, for thou, art, for thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. I wish I had time to teach a one-hour Bible study and then give you the message. Let me give you a simple outline, if I may, of this passage of Scripture. Verses 1 through 4, the psalmist says, God helps me now. He is my help right now. Verses 5 through 13, he says, the Lord has always helped me in the past. He helps me right now. He's always helped me in the past. And that's what he focuses on in verses 5 through 13. And then verses 14 to 21, he said, the Lord will help me in the future. So the Lord always helps me now. He is my hope. That's where I go. I, I, I do that because he's always helped me in the past, verses 5 through 13. 14 through 21, he says, I believe he'll help me uh, in the future. And then verses 22, 23, and 24, he said, I want to praise God, as they just sang. I want to praise God that he's always been my hope. He's always been my help. Notice, if you will, in verse number 23. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee in my soul, which thou hast redeemed. Now, the psalmist had faced a problem. Problems. And I believe perhaps this is David. Uh, different commentaries say different things. It doesn't matter. Uh, the, but but they, they face difficulties. Verse 4, verse 10, verse 13, verse 24. Talks about the culture we live in. It talks about the enemies that we have. It talks about the unrighteousness. It talks about the workers of iniquity. It was also interesting to me in reading this psalm and comparing it to others. Uh, others, The writer was probably past middle age and was concerned about the burdens of old age. And we know from verses 9 and 18, he wanted to finish well. Now, I want to finish well. I want to finish well. I don't want to just run well. I want to finish the race. doesn't matter how fast you run. You want to finish the race. And I'm not talking about being saved. I'm saved to the end. I'm saved to the uttermost. Heaven's my home. But I want to finish my race well for Him. And the psalmist has that emphasis. And he says, the Lord's my hope right now because He always has been and He always will be. And I'll praise Him for that. And then we find as we then make application to our life today, He is our hope. The three areas we need hope in. There's not an answer, so we go for hope. Sometimes we know what the answer is. We don't know what the answer is in a lot of problems. For example, our nation today faces a lot of difficulty. A lot of division. A lot of sin, iniquity, crime. On and on we can go and they report it 24 hours a day, seven days a week and even make up things that are not true. Imagine that. The hope for our nation is in the Lord. There's some here today, your home is not where it needs to be. It's not where you want it to be. And the devil has brought some strain in a, in a marital relationship or in the family in some way. And, 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 and you need some hope. You may have said, I, I, I did know what to do. I don't know what to do now. And when you don't know what to do, God is our hope. Because while we don't know what to do, He is our hope. He knows what to do. 
Maybe you personally are away from God today. Maybe there's some things in your life and the devil has brought uh, difficulty and confusion, maybe even failure in your life. I want to say to you today, let's do as the psalmist of old said, my hope's in the Lord. I'm going to God. I, I, this world is not my home. This world is not my help. Uh, others are not my help. I'm going to God for help. When I think of these three different areas, I think of uh, the example, of course, of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah was a prophet to a nation that was failing, was eventually judged. But God said to him, O house of Israel, can I, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, Sir, ye in my hand, O house of Israel. He said, there's no hope within, but I have hope from above. I can heal the nation. Luke 15, 17, the Bible says of the prodigal son, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. There was hope for the individual. I want to give you three words. I want you to write down these three words. First of all, I, my hope is in God because He has the answer. My hope is in God because He does have the answer. Have you ever looked for the answer to something? You've gone to place after place after place thinking maybe this is the answer. Maybe this is the person that can help me. Maybe that's the person that can help me. And you've been disappointed place after place, person after person. I want to preach to you today and say, first of all, God does have the answer. He has the answer. Write it down beside verse number five. God has the answer. The reason my hope is in Him is God has the answer. I'm glad that I can always go to God knowing without a shadow of a doubt that God has the answer. I'm glad that as a boy I could go to my dad or my mom and I'm thankful that yet today uh, my mom is still uh, active in serving the Lord and she is a helper to me. I could go to mom with any spiritual need and she can, she always, as she does, she prays for me, she helps me, she encourages me. But I'm glad that I have a God in heaven I know has the answer. I want you to take your Bibles and go to John chapter 6. Now mark Psalm 71. I don't want you to lose your place there, but go to John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, many folks that had been following Christ, they turned and they went back and they followed Him no more. And I want you to look and see what the Bible says in John 6, 66, 67, and 68. We're talking about why God is my hope. Why is He my hope? First of all, He has the answer. He has the answer for our nation's ills. He has the answer for individual problems. He has the answer for marital problems. God has the answer. He is my hope. I don't know what He's going to do. don't know how He's going to do it, but I'm going to Him because God has the answer. Look at verse number 66. The Bible says this, From that time many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye, go, uh, will ye also go away? Now I want you to look at verse number 68. This is very profound. Of the things that Peter said, this is one of the most profound things Peter said. Now Peter, he, he had a bad, bad problem sticking his foot in his mouth. He did. He had a chronic foot disease. He couldn't keep it out of his mouth and constantly said things. But this is a good thing. This is a profound thing. When Jesus said, will you go away also? Notice what he says. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? And notice this phrase. You may want to underline it. Thou hast the words of eternal life. Jesus is the answer. 
Jesus is the answer. No matter what the problem is, for example, what, what do we do with a nation that is such a mess? Well, God has the answer. Second Chronicles seven fourteen is the answer. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. He always has the answer. He has the answer for our problems. He has the answer for marriages. He has the answer for schools. He has the answer for cities. He has the answers for a state. He has the answers for a nation. Uh, James wrote these words in James chapter 4. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. That's the answer. That's the instruction. Matthew 6.33 is the answer. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. I go to Him, He's my hope because He always has the answer. I, I felt like as a boy, my dad never said, I don't know. He always had the answer. And, and, and as a boy, that was a great confidence. I'm glad as I grew, not only as a boy, but in my faith in Christ, that I have found that Christ is always the answer. That's why my hope is in Him. That's how the, 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 the psalm is outlined. My hope is in Him now because it's always been the past. He's always had the answer. It will be for the future. Uh, he is my hope. Right, let me give you another passage of instruction that's a part of the answer. Isaiah said these words to the nation of Israel. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. You see, these are answers. These are things that we can do. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. He always has the answer. Why is it that we look and, and we move heaven and earth looking for the answer when God has the answer? He is the answer. How many of you believe that this morning? Say amen. Christ is the answer. My hope is in Him because He has the answer. But there's more to it than that. I'll give you the second word. Not only does He have the answer, He's able. He's able. Write down the word able. Not only does it have the answer, he is able. Many times I've had a problem that I knew what the answer was, but I wasn't able to get to the answer. Sometimes we're not able to get to the answer because maybe we can't afford it. Sometimes we can't get to the answer because something is in the way. We can't get to the answer because of an inability. I remember when my father had cancer and, and they, they did chemotherapy and they tried different things and, and there was a treatment at that time in the Bahamas. This was in the 1980s. There was a treatment in the Bahamas that my dad had a first cousin that had gone and taken the treatment, same kind of cancer, and she got better. And it was an answer, it was hope, but he wasn't able to go. We didn't have the finances, we didn't have the money to go. And I remember praying and I remember a family that was not a, a, a family that was not a part of our church or family. They helped to finance my dad being able to go and take that treatment. And it did help him for some time. The doctor said he would live six months. He lived almost two years. So there's a difference in having the answer and, and being able. I want to preach to you today and I want you to rejoice in the fact not only does he have the answer, he's able. 
Aren't you glad? No wonder he's our hope. No wonder the psalmist said, he's my hope. I'm going to him in times of difficulty, in times of trouble. He's my hope because not only does he have the answer, he is able to perform the answer. Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says this. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God is able. We sing the song, He's able, He's able. I know He's able. Aren't you glad we serve a God who is able? Hebrews 7.25, Wherefore He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. God is able. Some years ago, and in fact many years ago, I'm going to guess this would have been 1995 and somewhere in that area, we were in the old building on Clay's Mill Road, the very first building there, and I used to do my radio broadcast live. I would call in on the phone wherever I was, and I would, I would just preach on the telephone. It was at 10.15 every morning. It was called the Soul Winner's Fire, and it was just about people getting saved and giving the gospel. And I remember that morning after I finished the broadcast, it was about 30 minutes or so later, uh, the secretary said, Preacher, there are two ladies here to see you, and uh, it's an emergency. And I recall when they came in, the one lady was just brokenhearted. I mean, she was just brokenhearted. She said, I heard you preaching on the radio this morning. And she said, I need to be saved. She said, but... And she began to talk about her life of sin and talk about how her life was so messed up and how many, how many things that she was involved in. And she said, I, I just don't know that he can save a sinner like me. And I was glad to tell her not only does he want to, God's able to save and he's able to save to the uttermost. There's no one he is not able to save. That's why my hope is in him. First of all, he has the answer. It's not a guess. It's not a wish. He has the answer. Not only does he have the answer he is able how many times in the scripture do we find his people facing a problem that was bigger than they were it was greater than they were no ally could help them and only God could help them and not only did God have the answer God was able at the Red Sea, he told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And they stood still with Pharaoh's army closing in behind them. And at the right time, God parted the waters. They walked across on dry land. They didn't know what he was going to do. We serve an able God. When the disciples, those 12 disciples in Jesus had that multitude of people before them, maybe fifteen to 20,000 people, and the only food they had was five loaves and two fishes, and they looked at the Lord Jesus, and one even said, do you want us to go to town and get enough food to feed all of these people? And he took that little boy's basket, and he fed the multitude, and there were 12 baskets of leftovers, one for each disciple. I'm saying today, God is... Is able. He's able in your life. He is able in your life. You say, but, but, but preacher, the problem is more than I can afford. God's not limited by finances. The problem is greater than my ability. God is not limited by a lack of ability. His hand is not, is not weak. His arm is not short. God is able to save and he's able to save to the uttermost. 
One of the great stories in the Bible is the story of King Hezekiah who was king in Judah. The nation of Israel had fallen and they, they had divided. There was a northern kingdom and then the small southern kingdom of Judah. And Hezekiah knew that the armies of the north were marching. And this is not, some, sometimes folks think Bible stories and history is two separate things. It isn't. This is his story. This is history. H-I-S. T-O-R-Y, it is his story. That's what history is. The armies of the north, they were, they were advancing and making a world empire. There was nothing left but Judah. Just take your Bibles and turn there. I don't have time to read the whole story, but I want to show you a part of it. 2 Kings 19. Pretty close there in the front of your Bible, about the seventh or eighth book there. Second uh, Kings chapter 19. Hezekiah goes before God. The northern kingdoms have fallen. The other nations have fallen. They're on the march and they've already sent word to Hezekiah. We have stopped. Ev- we, have, we have taken every other nation and we're going to take yours. Hezekiah goes to God in prayer. He gets a hold of Isaiah the prophet. They pray together. I want you to notice these words. Second Kings 19. Go down to verse number 14. I'm preaching this morning God's able. Don't give up. Have faith in God. Don't give up. Have more than faith in God. Have hope in God. You don't have to know the answer. You know the one that does know the answer. You don't have to be able. You know the one who is able. 2 Kings 19, 14, And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it, I like these words, before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. That's a good thing to pray. The God that you're praying to made heaven and earth, so there's nothing too big for God. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. This is interesting to me. And open, Lord, thine eyes and see. He said, I want you to look at this letter that has been written to me and this threat. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which have sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Israel, I have heard. You know what God tells him later on in that chapter? He said, I am going to destroy Judah because of their sin. But because of your faith in me, I'm not going to destroy Judah so long as you are the king. He believed in a God. He had hope in a God that was able. Write down the word. He has the answer. Write down the word. He is able. But yet there's another word and it's very important. He's also anxious to help. 
I've had problems before that somebody had the answer to. I've had problems before that they not only had the answer, they had the ability to, but they didn't want to help. How many times have we been disappointed by someone or something we knew they could help, we knew they could solve the problem, but they didn't want to? Look at me. God wants to. God wants to help you. God wants to help me. God wants to redeem this nation. God doesn't want this nation to drag His name through the mud. God doesn't want this nation to be a nation of such wicked immorality. God doesn't want that. God wants His name lifted high for His honoring glory. Not only does He have the answer, not only does He have the ability, God is anxious to help us. I'm glad when I said to my dad, Dad, I have an issue I need to talk to you about. He never said, I'm not interested in helping you. He always was anxious to help me. I'm glad I have a heavenly father that's anxious to help me. Isaiah said to the people of Israel, come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In Matthew chapter 11, the Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Are you listening this morning? He can answer you. He is able, but he's also anxious to help you. I'm glad I have a heavenly father that not only loves me, he wants to help me. He picks me up when I've fallen. He pulls me back in line when I've gone astray. He helps me from my attitude to my actions. I'm glad that I have a heavenly father that is anxious to help me. The prodigal son, the Bible says, as that prodigal was in the far country, I love the words when it says, and when he came to himself, when he had enough sense to think and said, I will arise and go to my father. My, 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 the servants of my father have bread enough to eat and to spare. I'll go and I'll say to my father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. But what I like is a father on the other side. Ah, oh, he said, hey, go kill the fatted calf. He didn't say go fatten the calf because my son is home and in six months we're going to have a celebration. He said, I've been fattening this calf up because I've been waiting for this boy to come home. He was already ready. He was anxious. In fact, the Bible said when he saw him a great way off, when he saw him a great way off, he ran. The father ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him and he began to rejoice. This my son was lost. He is found. I have a heavenly father that's anxious to help me this morning. I don't have to bribe, I don't have to, I don't have to beg, I don't have to, I don't have to plead to get him to love me. He loved me as a sinner. Certainly he loves me as a son. Take your Bibles and go to Psalm number one. Psalm number one. Why is God my hope? Why is he my hope? Because he always has the answer. But he has more than the answer, he's able. But he is more than able, he is willing, he is anxious to help me. 
Now, I've learned that God doesn't always help me the way I want Him to help me, but He helps me the way that I need help because the Father knows best. Did you hear what I said? The Father knows how to help me better. You heard me make the statement, sometimes we think we need money, we pray for money, and God gives us a job, and we think, wow, that's going to get in the way. <laughs> Lord, give me money. Here's your job. Well, I was just thinking of you giving it to me. Well, God said, I was thinking a little better than that. I'm going to show you how to get the money. I'm going to give you a job. I love what the Bible says in Psalm number one. Blessed is a man. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I want you to notice what the Bible says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so wise. They don't listen to his answer, and they don't trust in his enablement. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I'll read one more passage and I'll be finished this morning. Malachi talked to a people that were without. He had put their money in bags with holes in it. Everything they'd worked to earn was gone because they didn't praise God, they didn't worship God, they didn't thank God as they should. And he put their money in bags with holes in it. And he gives them instruction. He said, God has the answer and God's able to help you. And he's willing to do so. And he says to them, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And I love this line. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field saith the Lord of hosts. Psalm 71, look at it again. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Why? Why is he my hope? Because he always has the answer. Why is he my hope? Not does he just have the answer, he is able. And not only is he able, he's anxious to help. If you call on him to save you, it won't take six weeks for you to get saved. It won't take six hours. He'll save you right now. If your life has gone astray from the will of God, if you'll draw nigh to Him, God will draw nigh to you. Stand with me if you will.